It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, everybody? In case this is your first time tuning in, I'm taking the best seven bits from our entire show this week. But it's all based on your guys' engagement, what you guys liked the most, and we can add some behind-the-scenes moments. So on that note, I'm bringing on Eddie because up at number seven is Eddie, who did something that he said he was never, ever going to do, okay? And I want to talk about this in a more extensive way because Eddie saying he'll never do something is actually a pretty big deal, but he did it. He got his son a phone. I have always, always wanted to be the parent to be like, no, 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 you're not getting one till you're 18 years old. That was my rule from when we had our first kid. Now we have four, right? Two ours, two foster kids. And I'm like, we're not budging. However... I would say, I don't know, maybe like earlier last year, uh, my son came home from school and he's like, look, I'm really tired of you talking about me on the radio, not having a phone. That was really like (laughs) what he said. It was embarrassing for him, It was embarrassing because one, he had all his friends have phones. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let me tell you something about life. That was like my my lesson (laughs) time. Let me tell you something about life. You can't compare your life to everyone else's because everyone else has phones doesn't mean that you need a phone. So that was my my whole response to that. You were using all of your old school comparisons with your 12-year-old son. I just, Am I getting this correct? Kind of. I, you were. <laughs> I just knew I knew how dangerous a phone was. Like you got to realize as a parent that a phone the whole internet, everything, the good and the terrible, bad, 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 bad is in the palm of your hands. And so if I remember me being a kid, I was pretty sneaky. And if I wanted to get my way and find some of that bad stuff, I probably could and ask a friend, "Hey, how do I get around some of these you know, little privacy things so I can find these, you know, bad things that everyone's talking about. Because when you're in junior high or high school, you, you want to see what everyone's talking about, right? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of parents can attest, and I can attest being on social media, that it can be used for bad things. Yes. I get that 100%. Yes. But do you consider yourself at all like kind of a helicopter parent? Well, I mean, I think a helicopter parent is a good parent. You got to be a helicopter you, okay, parent. Okay, that's a, that's an interesting debate. Do you think a helicopter parent is a good parent? Absolutely. Or do you think there's a part of you, which I think you, you've become, not that you thought this was going to happen, but I think you are a helicopter parent that has adjusted to the times mm-hmm. and has been like, okay, this is really unreasonable for me to think that for six more years, he doesn't get to have a phone. So I think you were a helicopter parent that adjusted to the times. I truly believe that. Okay, well, thank you. I think that's a compliment because a helicopter parent to me is someone that hovers over their child and watches them as they grow up. It's important for you to keep an eye on what your child is doing. So that's good. On top of that, though, I felt like we needed to let him have a little bit of freedom at the age of 12 to go ahead and dip your foot into the world. Of a phone. Yes. You do have the opportunity now, and it is secured, and it is kind of on lockdown for the most part, but you still have the freedom of having a phone, but I'm still watching you. Well, but see, and see, okay, that's not a creepy, <laughs> by still, the way. Because that's how I tell him, <laughs> I like, know. oh, I'm watching you. It is. It's kind of Big Brother-esque, but it's it's kind of like a helicopter parent is like a bird in a nest, right? They just never really let the bird leave the nest, even though the bird needs to leave the nest, needs to go out and experience some things. Which I think is what you're letting finally happen. Well, Mama's still watching. I know. And (laughs) Mama and Daddy, as you like to say it, are still watching. But how are you feeling now? You've you've given him this responsibility. It's probably been a few weeks now, right? Yeah. So how are you feeling in these few weeks? Are you more anxious than you were before because, like, you did let go of some of the reins? Are you freaking out? How are you feeling? We've had a couple of instances where he's kind of, uh, he. we walk into the room and he hides his phone, you know, already, and it's been two weeks. So <laughs> so I knew, but again, I've ex- I expected this. And so I've, we've come to the, to the, I guess, conclusion that he is not really hiding things. He's just scared that anything that we find yes. is going to get him in trouble. He's very cautious. He's yes. like, I'm just going to be as protective, as a pre- protective as you guys are being of him mm-hmm. he's being more protective of his phone <laughs> like you gave it to me please don't take it away <laughs> i think it's going to be a great thing in the long run i really do i think this is just the first for both of for him and us so we'll see how it goes but other than that he's very happy he's very very happy that he has a phone now and he can and i think it's cool that he can be at school and i can text him be like hey buddy how's school going well yeah, yeah. it's a safety thing too yeah. like they can call you if something happens and Maybe you wouldn't have known until the school called you, and we don't know how long that takes anymore. So I do think it's really cool. Do you also think that now 
with your three other kids because I'm the youngest uh, and I have three older sisters. You know, everything was easy for me with my parents. They they didn't worry too much about me because they had already been through it all. Mm -hmm. So do you think as time goes on with this that you're going to be less and less strict with your other kids? Probably. I think we'll also learn more about the phone, too, as we get older and learn how kids use it and how we as parents can protect it a little better. Um, so I, I mean, 12 to me was very, I mean, it's extremely early, especially when I thought it was going to be 18. So I'm not, I don't see my kids getting a phone like a 10 now. Like I'm not, it's not going to be one of those things. So maybe where 12 is the new guideline. I like when your other kids turn 12. We're going to try to keep 12 as the, as the day that, as the year that you'll get a phone. But are you now no longer at least saying this is never going to happen? You've come to the conclusion that you can never say never anymore as a parent. Yeah. Especially when it comes to technology. Yeah. Yeah. And peer pressure is a thing too, you know. Like, and it's not that his friends were pressuring him to get a phone. He just felt like he really was left out. Um, and he made a good case on why he needed one. And we're we're hey, we're willing to try it out. So, well, here you have it, a converted helicopter parent. Nice, I'll take that. <laughs> that sure, why that not? Sounds strange. I, I don't mind the helicopter parent. I like that label. I feel like to me, that's that's what we all need to be a little bit. Well, that is totally okay that you have that. <laughs> But I do believe we have a somewhat converted helicopter parrot. You heard it from him, how he feels, how things are going to change in their household from now on. But listen back to this segment about Eddie talking about giving his son the phone. Number seven. I'm a little ashamed to admit because I was very, very strong about this. When I became a parent, I knew that technology was going to change around me and I was going to be dealing with technology things with my kids. And I always said that I'm going to stick to my guns when it comes to getting my kids a phone. Till they turn 18, was I going to get my kids their first phone? But as we got there, you guys kept saying, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to change your mind, Eddie. There's no way that you can avoid this. You're going you're gonna to want to get your kids a phone or have to get your kids a phone. Well, guys, Christmas came around. My wife and I decided we got my son a phone. Wow. What kind? And he's 12 wow. years old. It's an iPhone. <gasps> oh, wow. wow. It's an iPhone. Guys, you know a- there's other options. Uh, well, look. Look, here's what we decided. Eddie just went hard. I go like, big or oh, go home, yeah. Amy. Here's what we decided. We, we said that. Uh, my wife and I said that. And she's like, you know what? He's really been asking for it. And that's not why we did it. But we said we got to trust him. There's a p- point in our life where we have to say we trust him enough to give him this device it's so scary that he has the world in the palm of his hands it's secured and it's protected anytime he has to google stuff or look up things that aren't under the restrictions we put in there we get an alert on our phones and i have to approve it so it's protected but still scary best thing in the world is that if i need to talk to him right now i can call him i can text him right now while he's at school hey bud how's it going that's pretty cool so what apps are you allowing instagram no, 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 no Instagram. Oh. <laughs> He's not doing social media, anything like that. What apps were we allowing? It's just the regular stuff. He has iTunes. He can listen to music. He has uh, Disney Plus on there, things like that. He can text his friends. But there's only a list of friends that we've allowed. If he wants to add a new number, we have to approve it. So it's pretty locked down, which he's not really cool with right now, but he's going to have to get over that because step one, he got a phone. Was he surprised to have a phone? Yeah. he. I mean, he just couldn't believe it that we got to that level. I think we were talking about it maybe, you know, earlier last year uh, of like, are you going to get your son a phone? And I was, I said, no, and absolutely not. And he came to me, dad, like, I want you to stop talking about that. But notice, I never talked about it after like July because he was like, I want you to stop. You're embarrassing me. Oh. And my kids, my friends at school are like, they have phones and things like that. Like, it's making me really upset. So I respected it. Didn't talk about it anymore. But wow. now, I, and I asked him last night. Are you cool with me telling everyone that I got you a phone? He's like, absolutely. Tell everyone I got a phone. Does he have the internet browser, though? He does, but it's yeah, blocked. Yeah, it's restricted. But you can, Very get on, restricted. you can get on Instagram through the internet and have your own account there. He does not have Instagram. Yeah, Look, Bones, right. we're going to trust him with all this stuff. I think you should. Great job. I, I applaud you. Are you shocked? No. You're not shocked. No, that I, no, it's like at twelve. No, I mean Eddie. He told you all along you were gonna you were gonna give. Why am I gonna be shocked that I'm right? Yeah, I mean he's always <laughs> right. If Bobby tells you something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Ah. Good for you. I'm glad though. Thank you. You're growing up as a parent. No, man. Good I mean you, now bro. my other kids are gonna get it at like seven. The baby needs one. <laughs> yeah. the baby's gonna get one right now. Family deal. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. 
So each year we give back with the help of Pimp and Joy and the Shop Forward. And one of the projects that we always work on is building homes for heroes. And last year we connected with Army Sergeant Christopher Biggs. He served for seven years in the military with two tours in Iraq. During his second tour in Iraq in 2007, Sergeant Biggs was severely injured in an explosion that would eventually cost him his leg. But thankfully, the story has a really good ending because Building Homes for Heroes came in and they built him a home that was perfectly made for him. And with your guys' help, we raised over $100,000 to help them build that home. And the really good news is that this week we got to share that he moved into his home in Austin, Texas with his family. And they were so excited. The pictures were really awesome. So we're going to throw it back because we got to share the good news this week that he moved into his new home. But he came onto the show last year, and that's when we got to tell him that we were building him a home with the help of Building Homes for Heroes. So we're going to listen back to this interview because it was a really special moment. Number six. On the phone with us right now, Army Sergeant Christopher Biggs. Hello, how are you? What's up, man? You good? I'm good, man. How are y'all? Oh, real good. So my name is Bobby Bones. I don't know if you've ever heard of the show or not, but we do a radio show um, heard in a lot of places, and uh, we just want to take a minute and talk to you if you're okay with that. I'm, I'm totally cool with that, man. Now, let me say a little bit about Sergeant Biggs here. He served seven years. In 2007, while driving yes. on a mission in Iraq, an explosive was detonated, and he was knocked unconscious. He woke up. His left leg and right ankle were shattered. Shattered. He suffered traumatic brain injury. And you spent seven years trying to rehab. Is that right? Yeah. Well, both both my legs were shattered. Um, my, my left one was just more so than my right. Um, well, you know, they flew me from uh, the crit to Germany. They took pictures of my legs. And they flew me to uh, Brook Army Medical Center, which is San Antonio Medical Center now. And just surgeries and rehab and... And uh, finally, in 2014, uh, they finally just saw that it wasn't taken, and I was in so much pain, and decided to take my left leg uh, below the knee. So they amputated your left leg above your knee, is that what you said, or or below your knee? Below the knee. And so for your service, you got a Purple Heart. So tell me about the Purple Heart, when they give you the Purple Heart. What's happening there then? Like, I see it on TV, but I've never seen one in person. It was really heartfelt. It it, it really meant something. You know, that's, that's one of the most prestigious awards in the military. Uh, it's not necessarily one you want to get, but whenever you get it, you know you you know you've done something for your country, and you know you you know from there on life's going to be different. Well, Sergeant Biggs, we're, we're extremely grateful that you would talk to us, and you know something on our show, we really believe in giving back to our military, and and uh, you are a hero to us and everybody that serves, and so we are honored to tell you that you're getting a house a house built just for you in Austin, Texas. Uh, and we're going to help build it, and it will be specifically adapted to your specific needs. Wow. <laughs> well, we're very grateful, and our listeners are uh, a big part of raising the money for this, if not the biggest part of it. And so on Wednesday, what we're doing is putting our Pip and Joy lineup, and we're going to sell it, and, and we're going to build you a house, man. We're partnering with Building, building Homes for Heroes to, to make this happen for you. So we're very grateful for you serving and and for every every sacrifice that you gave, because without that, we definitely wouldn't be here today. Dude, I, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that so much, man. I got really, from the bottom of my heart, like, so much. Well, we will be in touch very soon, because there's a lot that we want to do for you, and we're going to be there to the very end till we cut the ribbon, and we get to go and, and see inside that house when things get a little more back to normal. All right? Well, sounds good, man. Well, great to talk to you. Thank you again for your service, and I hope you have a great 4th of July, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thank you so much, man. All right, there he is, Army Sergeant Christopher yeah. Biggs. We'll talk to you soon. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number 2. All right, so obviously I'm not a parent. I'm not a new parent. I'm not an old parent. I'm just not even a parent. I don't have any kids. But for those of you that are parents, you for sure remember like your first few weeks and months, maybe even the first few years when you hardly got any sleep because you had a newborn. Well, we had a lot of talk this week about night nurses. So Lunchbox basically prank called the night nurse to find out if he could get a night nurse, not for his babies, but for himself. And I brought Lunchbox on because I want to discuss this a little bit more. Lunch. Tell yes. me. Have Happy you- New Year. Happy New Year. Woo! 2021. Woo, 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 woo. Thank right. you for that. You're Thank welcome. You. So needed. Um, 
Lunchbox, have you ever considered getting a night nurse for hey, your kids? Hey, I have never even heard of a night nurse. Didn't even know that existed. I thought that was a really fake made-up thing when people started talking about it. But no, it's a real deal. People have someone come in in the middle of the night and take care of their kids so they can get sleep. I mean, it must be nice to be able to afford something like that. Woo! You're living the life if you got a night nurse. I didn't really know or hear much about them until we had, I think it was Jason Aldean came in. Yes. And he said that they had one, right? I, yes, he was the first one that told me, oh, when, when I was having my first kid, you should get a night nurse. It makes It's amazing. And I, what is he talking about? You, It's crazy. You, you hire someone to come in in the middle of the night and watch your kid. Wow. That is mind-blowing. Well, and as someone who really loves their sleep, Lunchbox, I love he sleep. loves his sleep. I love okay? sleep. Would you consider hiring a night nurse? No, because, I mean, it really didn't affect my sleep. I didn't have to get up in the middle of the night. Let's be real. My is wife, that because you're saying, like, your wife well, she did had to, everything? She had to breastfeed, so I can't breastfeed, so why would I be getting up in the middle of the night? Okay. And I think I don't think my wife would because she enjoys that bonding time with the kid. She doesn't want some, you know, nurse Nancy coming over here in her little outfit. Oh, here, come here, Timmy. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I guess they and coddled him back to bed. So my wife enjoyed that. She was tired, yes, but she enjoyed, I wouldn't say all the time, but most of the time, the bonding time. Do you feel like that's part of the experience as a parent too, is like that bonding time and just being so tired and that's just part of parenthood? I think so, but if I mean, I guess if you're if you got money and you can afford them, and you, but yes, I think it's part of bonding. And I think, I mean, listen, my wife had nothing to do the rest of the day except for watch the kid. And when the kid sleeps, she sleeps. So in the middle of the afternoon, take a nap when the kid naps. She ain't going to work because guess what? You're on maternity leave. So why do you need someone else to come in and watch your kid? I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. But well, yeah, I, so then I called. I didn't even. I thought, okay, you'll find one place that has a nurse nanny night nurse, whatever they're called. There are organizations galore that have these. So they're a lot more popular than I realized and I ever knew. And you prank call because you were trying to get a night nurse for yourself. Now, if a night nurse for adults was actually a thing, would you ever try that? No, because I don't need help doing anything. <laughs> like, I, I don't I, need help. Maybe, you know like, what? Hey, maybe they, like, tickle your back. Maybe they, like, sing you a lullaby. I don't know. But maybe adults need night nurses. I don't need a night nurse because I'm the best sleeper you've ever met in your life. I could lay down right here on this floor and I'd this be asleep. Is true. I'd be asleep in about three minutes on this hard floor right here. So I don't need a night nurse. I don't know what a night nurse would do for me unless if I had to go to the bathroom and she'd bring a, a bucket over and I could just pee right there and then not even have to get out of bed. That would be awesome. But besides that, I don't need a night nurse. And but, I don't think any human would want to do that anyway. <laughs> hey, there's a price for everything. You know what I'm saying? Ho, 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 ho. Happy New Year! <laughs> and but, I do want to tell this story, too, because Lunchbox saying that he can fall asleep anywhere is so true. On all of our work trips, when we fly on a plane somewhere... We could be not even two feet off the ground, and Lunchbox is already passed out. And nothing can wake him up until that airplane hits the ground again. I'm telling you, in high school, one of my track meets, I would go, and it's concrete. I would go underneath the bleachers, and I would just put a sweatshirt under my head and lay straight on the concrete, fall asleep, no problem. <laughs> no care. Well, there you have it from the sleeping king himself on how he feels about night nurses. And no, he probably won't ever get one for himself. But listen back to this prank call because it's pretty hilarious. Number five. Amy mentioned that in one of her friend's wedding registries, you could donate. And they took that money and hired a night nurse once or twice a week. Baby shower registry, what not wedding. You said wedding. That would be really weird. <laughs> I don't know the difference in these things. Okay, so that's when you're pregnant and you're going to have okay. a baby shower and you put a bunch of gift ideas up and people get to choose. And yes, they had night nurse as an option, not for you to pay for the whole thing, but you could donate 25, 50 bucks towards it and then they would have funds to tap into if they needed to hire help. Well, then I go, a night nurse does all that? I should have one for me. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little chuckle. Then Lunchbox took it to the next level. He called a night nurse to see what it would be like to actually hire one for an adult man. <laughs> so there was a talk about this and the benefits of having one. Mm -hmm. So here you go. Lunchbox is calling to see if she would take care of him. By the way, Lunchbox is 473 months old. In case you're wondering how old the baby is. Because when you talk baby talk, you yeah. always say, how old are you? Six months, That's nine true. months, 12 months, 13 months. So here you go. <laughs> Hello? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm just calling to get some information on a night nanny. Oh, 
Okay, is the baby here yet, sir? Oh, yeah, he, he's here, <laughs> and just sometimes at night, he's really, really fussy and crying, and I, okay, I just... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your name and phone number. I'm going to pass the info to a gentleman named... And he's going to be able to help you out. Like, I, I was hoping, like, you can, like, rub his head. That that seems to make him calm down. Like, Well, he'll tell you about the nurses. So let me take yeah. a little Yeah, and, like, I, li- I like it. I like it when you tickle me. Like, it really, you know, <laughs> puts me in a good mood, and I fall asleep after that. What? Yeah, like, you know, like, when you're kind of upset, and you tickle, and then it kind of calms calms me down. Calms him down. They have ways. Okay. So, sir, what, what's your name? Yeah, and my name is Jason Gibble. Do you also help them go pee-pee in the potty? No, that's different. We're talking about babies. How old is the child? Uh, 473 months old. How old? 473 months. That's not a bit. So, like, 39 and a half years old is how old I am. Not you, the baby. Well, yeah, I mean, I just like to be held and cuddled. You know, sometimes I have nightmares. <laughs> She hang up. Be gone. Gone. She didn't want anything to do with that. That's funny, huh? It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Raymundo returned from his honeymoon in Aruba this week. He and Bay had a fun time, as we all saw on Instagram. And I just have a lot of questions. He talked about it on the show, and we heard a crazy story about a drug dealer and some Tylenol. But I have more questions about the honeymoon that I need answered. So I brought Ray on. What up, Ray? Yo. All right, Ray. We really need to discuss this. (laughs) I think you talked about it on the Sore Losers podcast a little bit. Yes, um. But you had an Instagram fight with Bay. <laughs> and I need to know <laughs> what happened. So uh, let me preface this with saying at this all inclusive resort, they give you all the alcohol you could possibly ever imagine in your life. With that said, I was overserved. Uh, <laughs> let me. I think that point was obvious, but. <laughs> I'm glad you made it clear. He blames it on the resort. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I had we had been drinking from mimosas at brunch at 9 a.m. through lunch to the pool to me playing catch with some kids still drinking chills. I had drank probably 20 to 25 drinks in the course of eight hours. Smash cut. I get on my phone and maybe I just had never released this anger or energy before, but I really hate cancer. And so Which I, is fair, by the way. Very fair yes. point. Bay had cancer in 2018. She's over a year now recovered from that cancer. She's cancer free. So on this island, after 20, these beers that we drank are called chills. After a multitude of them, maybe a 24 pack, I decided to go on Instagram and just annihilate cancer. I was like, F cancer, F cancer. <laughs> And may, I don't Which even, has, was since deleted yes, about yes. six hours after that. I had to pull the, the Instagram stories because they were embarrassing and they also were confusing people. People thought that Bay had cancer again. That was never the case. She was in and out of naps, so she never saw the post. And then she woke up, and then that's when she responded. And I believe there was one post where she said his heart is bigger than his head. He should have never posted stuff like that because it confused so many people to the point where... She has a hairdresser that never is the hardest person to get a hold of. Never, never on social media. So hard to get texts back. She's very close with this person. She got a text from that person in a room and said, what is going on? I'm scared to death. Respond now. So my wife woke up out of a nap and just, uh, I mean, her phone, there's no telling how many text messages uh, Instagram, and Twitter when, messages she when had. When she woke up to this news, had you passed out already? No, I, I had. Uh, it, it was a large resort. There was so much to do. There was a casino. There was a beach. There's a pool area. We had a patio. We were always on the move. Never once were we sedentary, where we just sat down and did nothing. We treated that. It was called the palace. We treated that palace like. It was our house. I mean, I was all so there's no telling where I was. And but you were not near her at that moment. I was not. Okay. Yeah, she was all by herself. And she woke up and then she sees your Instagram post for the first time like a lot of other people did. And she was understandably very upset with you. Yes. What, we we saw what happened on Instagram, but what was that conversation that went down after? Share as much or as little as you want. 
But what was that conversation after? Was she like, Ray, we really got to work on what you drunk post? Um, I think she did throw a pillow at me. It did hit my Ray-Ban sunglasses. I was upset about that. But that was really the only aggression she took out on me. And basically she said it was very sweet. It, the caretaker goes through a lot when it comes to cancer. And that never gets addressed most of the time. And maybe it took me two years to fully just get rid of those demons and just leave them in Aruba, which is what I did. On Instagram in the waves. Was whatever. that almost like your own version of therapy that kind of happened there? Tell you what, after doing those tweets or whatever the Instagram stories, I felt good. I got yelled at. It was a damn good feeling. But maybe that was like an argument y'all needed to have too, like just because. Like you just needed it. You both needed to let it out, not on each other, but just at cancer in life, right? Yeah, yeah it was uh, a confusing moment, but it was so beneficial because the next day we're totally good. We're at mimosas at 9 a.m. We're doing high fives. We're hugging. I'm going in for a super tight hug. I'm going in for the makeout. Life was great after that, but there was a three, four hour span where family members of hers were confused. Uh, just cause she got, she didn't really know what was going on. And I don't believe she immediately checked Instagram. So she's just like, what are all these people saying? And I wasn't there to explain it to her. So there you go. <laughs> now, are we still going to get crazy drunk, Ray, on social media after this incident, or have you reined it in a bit? I feel like all everybody always says there's life lessons. That was a major life lesson. Uh, it's just never good. Never have I woke up after doing Instagram, Twitter, after drinking and said, man, I'm so glad I did that. It's always <laughs> regret. So with that said... We're going to be a lot more careful with what we do with our phones when we've been drinking and maybe don't drink that much. Maybe it's okay to just have a couple drinks. I mean, I probably floated a keg that day and the entire staff is like, dude, can we get this guy out of the resort? He's draining our bar. <laughs> so not only did you have a therapy session, but a life lesson that potentially stopped future drunk Ray posts from happening. Hopefully so. Fingers crossed. Uh, I, I learned a very, very valuable thing. I never want to hurt my wife like that again. And if it means only having a couple beers instead of 12, I'm totally fine with doing that. You're a changed man. 2021 is coming in strong yeah. for you, Ray. <laughs> well, besides this moment, I want to hear a few other things about Aruba. Give us the good stuff besides this crazy moment. And obviously the Tylenol story that you guys are going to hear in a moment when we play it back from the show this week. But, Ray, what else happened that was good from your honeymoon? We'll leave this on a good note. Yeah, yeah. So you roll into Aruba, and when you land, when I say you don't see the island until you land, I ain't kidding. It was like, boom, wheels on the runway. Oh, my gosh, it's an island. Usually landing in America, there's so much land, not Aruba. I mean, it is a very small island. The second we're there, people in Aruba, you'll you'll always have – Worldviews. Oh, this country's nice. This one's Arubian people are nice as heck, man. They are so sweet that we felt so at home. It was confusing, honestly. When you first land, you got to go through immigration. You got to have a green check mark. You got to have a COVID test. They were so nice to us, and they're like, "Give us that form, okay? You can go." It, it was an absolute blessing. We landed, boom, to the resort. From there. The staff, the bartenders, the maids, they were all, they don't know a ton of uh, English. Their language is something like Portuguese. Uh, it's a kind of like an offshoot of Portuguese. Very confusing. I don't understand it, but they <laughs> went out of their way to understand uh, wait, American. Wait, so how did you order beers? Was Is beer the same <laughs> word in that language or are you sure you were drinking beers? No, no, no. They know the words. Balashi, that's one of the beer. There's only two beers there, the main ones, Balashi and Chill. So they know those two words. They know tequila. They know, you know, I, I made up the sizz and coral while I was there, a little mixed drink. So it, they're, they're awesome, honestly. There is a little bit of a language barrier, but the fact that they go out of their way to understand you and your needs is the utmost best. But, yeah, the, real quick about the resort, epic. They call it a palace for a reason. It almost looks like something out of Dubai. I mean, if you're walking the beach, you're like, holy crap, what is that hotel? What is that resort? That's where Sizen was staying. It was massive. Did you guys get to go on any adventures like parasailing or snorkeling or I don't know, all the exotic things you do on an island? Yep, we did uh, Catamaran, which was dope. And that was basically which just you a drink on. I would that assume. was a booze cruise. Yep. Mm -hmm. I hope that's not the theme. But and then we did <laughs> uh, we did the snorkeling where they took us to a shipwreck and you got to see Titanic underwater style shipwreck. Pretty dope. Some people actually took off their uh, snorkel and dove in. 
I'm like, y'all are crazy. They went, you didn't do that? No, no, no. Because I had read stuff that there was crazy fish and stuff, a bunch of marine life. Which you really? But well, why didn't you want to see the crazy marine life? That's the point of snorkeling. Because I ain't trying to go to Aruba and be the Aruban guy or the guy in Aruba that died in the shipwreck that had already wrecked. So just to clarify, Ray now not only almost got sent to jail in Aruba, he also was afraid of dying. So this is all very well. But then we did a speedboat where we rode on the back. It was a giant inner tube, so I was able. It was a honeymoon style, so we're holding hands the whole time. My wife was scared to death, and she would only do it with me. So we're going over these bumps. Imagine going to your family's favorite lake and doing inner tubing on the back of a speedboat. We did it in the Caribbean, mother ever. I mean, it was so dope. It, we did it for 30 minutes for $30. After we got done, I was like, can I do that again? But wife wasn't having it. Well, I'm really glad that you guys had some really awesome moments. Besides one crazy little hiccup and a crazy drug story, it sounds like it was overall you guys had an insane time. Best moment, we did a five-star meal. It was rated by the New York Times as the number one place to go in Aruba. It was, uh, I had, what I had, Mahi Mahi uh, Bay had steak. The best Michelin-style meal we've ever had. It was called Fishbone. If you ever go to Aruba, go there. It's a little pricey. A listener actually paid for it. Oh, this is the one where you were sitting out in the water, right? Yes. You aren't allowed to take your shoes because our table is in the water. So if you complain, um, wait, staff, small problem, my feet's in the water. No, it's in the Caribbean. That's how it's supposed to be. You're going to get a little wet. If a wave kind of picked up a little bit, maybe your ankles get wet. But it, it was so sick. And it lasted for hours. We saw the sunset. The most beautiful pictures ever, and everybody. You can just hear people gasping left and right. You don't see that type of a moment ever, and we got to do it on our honeymoon. It, it's like something we'll remember for the rest of our lives. I love that. I think that's a perfect thing to end on. And before I do go, a little fact check. They speak Dutch, apparently, down there. Hey, oh, I so. knew I wasn't right. <laughs> it was close. But now you can listen back to his crazy story about a drug incident. No, Ray wasn't on any drugs. He was looking for Tylenol. Almost went to jail. It's crazy. Listen back to this. Thanks, Ray, for sharing the yeah. full story of your honeymoon. Number four. When did you guys get married, Ray? Got married in end of October. So your honeymoon was in Aruba. Why Aruba? During COVID, they let people in or what? Yeah, you had to get a COVID test. So the entire, in theory, the entire island was COVID free. So how was it? Awesome. Water, Possibly the bluest I've ever seen. Every shade. I mean, you're talking your royals, your baby blues, all of them. <laughs> baby blues. Uh, it's an unbelievable resort. It was almost just like it was called a palace. We stayed at a place literally called that. So it looked just like that. <laughs> Anything crazy happen on your trip? Uh, there was some wild stuff. Yeah. Uh, my wife, honestly, she slipped late, late in the trip and hurt her leg. So I was trying to find some Tylenol for a while. That was the bad stuff. The good stuff was catamaran rides. Saw shipwrecks, went snorkeling, chilling on the beach, doing absolutely nothing for seven days. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Why was finding her Tylenol such a dramatic thing? She was in pain. She took a hard fall. It would rain at night, and we didn't really realize that. And however they make these buildings, it's really slippery. The tile, they would put up signs all the time, very slippery, be careful. And then the wind would blow. And it, I mean, even though it's a summer place, it was like ice. She did, Her legs went right out from under her. Had coffee, and luckily she didn't tear or break anything, but she was in a lot of pain. So what happened? Uh, ended up talking. I saw, saw a guy. I went to a marketplace trying to find Tylenol. Never found Tylenol. She was in pain for two days. Finally got back to the States, but she's better now. She's on the mend. Are you not going to tell the drug story? Did you want me to? Well, I know it. <laughs> There's a drug story? Yeah, and I thought it was a great story, but he's not going to it, so I don't know if he's not going to no, it for no, a no. reason. No, no, I will go to it. Okay, go ahead. So uh, first day I'm there, a guy asked me, do you want weed? I said no. Second day I'm there, he goes, hey, man, do you want mushrooms? Ecstasy. <laughs> what? Okay, and I said, no. So the fifth day, my wife hurts her leg. And I look at every store, every gas station, every health place, no Tylenol on the entire island. If you're going to start a business, start a Tylenol business, okay? <laughs> they don't exist. So then I get to thinking, what if I go and ask the drug dealer? <laughs> Okay, so I go, He's they're easy to find. They're all over the beach. I asked him, I said, hey, man, I heard you were peddling some stuff earlier. Do you have Tylenol? And he goes, Tylenol? And I go, yeah, that's I really need it for my wife. And so he starts yelling to his buddies. They're, they were almost a network. Hey, Tylenol, Tylenol, hey, hey, Marco, Jose. I mean, it's a, quite a scene right now, okay? And there's security guards at these resorts. And so it dawns on me. That's probably what these security guards are here for to bust people, tourists, 
trying to get drugs and it looks like I'm trying to get drugs. I'm going to end up in a Ruby in jail trying to get Tylenol. So I just sort of took it took off. I absolutely bailed from the situation. I was like, forget it, dude. I don't need I don't need any more. <laughs> that it was a wake up call that I literally could have been in a jail cell because I was trying to get Tylenol in Aruba. And he didn't want to get to that story. That's a great story. Yeah, that's great, great story. So how is she now? She she better? Yeah, she's fine. Okay, good. Oh, there you have it. And when Ray told us yesterday she got the vaccine. Yeah. Because she had uh, breast cancer. Correct. And did they say that you could maybe, if you're just there and you had your shoulder out, maybe you could get you one? I thought in my head, what if I was in the same room and there was maybe a little bit left in the syringe? Maybe they give me some of the vaccine? Who knows? <laughs> and they did it. But I was asleep. I was taking a nap when she did it. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Eddie is a father of four. He has two biological kids and two foster children. And if you've been following his story, he's been working on adopting those two other children and making them permanent members of their family. And this week, Eddie gave us an update. It wasn't like great news, but it's also not bad news. And we love hearing updates from Eddie And he also mentioned that the kids are really excited about calling him daddy now. So you want to listen to this? It's really adorable. Number three. Uh, Alyssa in Arkansas is on the phone who has decided to call us. I'm very thankful for that. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Uh, So I am a foster home. We currently have eight kids. And um, first time caller, I'm also from Arkansas, and I was just kind of wanting to get an update on Eddie and how it's going with his foster kiddo. I think he still just has one. Two. 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 Two bonus kids. So I just kind of wanted to see how that was going, Eddie, how long you've kind of been fostering now and, um, you know, how it's going. Well, it's going to be two years this month, so <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I got two kids Two years this month, uh, we're looking at parental rights being terminated. August is the target date of this year. Of that this long? year, August. Yes, and it's and you gotta understand, it's stressful to know this because at any moment, and we thought during the holidays we would worry that you know a, a caseworker would go to the house and meet with the parents and they'd have it just a change of heart. And for us, two years of having these kids. Ooh, man, we're in that transition where this these aren't just our foster kids anymore. Like these are these kids are a part of our life. And if they get things change and they have to go back, it's going to be bad for us. It's going to be bad for them. I mean, the baby is all we know. He, he, he we picked him up at the hospital. So to him, we are his parents. So it could I mean, we've just everyone that we've talked to. We're like, just pray for us, please, please. Because if anything happens, I mean, it could be pretty bad. So August is a long time to wait. But that's the target. Didn't you date. think last year you would have got the kids? Yes. Yeah, and we thought it would be by now. But I, I remember Amy talking about her her adoption and how long it took, and I was like, "This is ridiculous! How long it takes!" And now I understand that this kind of stuff takes a long, long time. And I guess we just have to be patient. What do you think about that, Alyssa? Yeah, I, I mean, I completely understand. We have three adopted out of the foster care system. And then two biological, and then we have three more bonus kids right now. So I understand how long the process can be, and sometimes it takes years, <laughs> uh, which it can be frustrated, frustrating and a little disheartening. But we'll be praying for you, too. I just kind of hadn't heard an update lately, and, um, you know, we're kind of in the same boat. So we wanted to, to check in with you. Thank you. Other than that, everything's great. I mean, I'm daddy now. Like, they don't call me Eddie anymore, which is a huge change. I'm daddy now to both of them, and it's pretty cool, and we're loving every minute of it. What do they think about flying on the airplane for the first time? Amazing. Amazing. So it was funny. On the way to Texas, we flew for the first time, and our five-year-old foster son, he's never flown on a plane. And every time he saw a plane in the sky, he was like, you think I'll ever get on one of those? I'm like, I'm sure one day you will. But he had no idea that we were flying. He gets on, and he's freaking out. Even the baby's looking out the window going, ooh, Wow. And that moment when the plane takes off and starts shaking, they loved it. Now, on the way back, it's like they've been flying for years. They're like, whatever, <laughs> check in, back here. All right, this is my seat, Dad. Cool. All right, seat belt. Not even looking out the window. Can you close it, please? It's a little bright. <laughs> I'm, <up with> this. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is your second time. Alyssa, thank you for the call. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, you too. See you later. Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. While we were on vacation, so much happened. Bobby and his fiance Caitlin, welcomed a new fur baby to the family. Currently, he has a bulldog, Stanley, which everybody knows, but now they have another four-legged family member. She was a gift to Caitlin for her birthday, 
And let's just say things are going a little difficult, mostly because she's a puppy and she was a rescue. So Bobby talked about adopting her, the whole process, and what life has been like for them being parents of two fur babies. Number two. So I'll tell you, one of the big developing stories from over the break was we got a new dog. Hmm. We adopted a dog. They found it on the street. We were like, we'll take that dog. So there's a place called Wags and Walks. Yes. So that's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. And so we went through them. They said it's a, it's pe- people are fostering it at this house. And so we go over, and it was for Caitlin's birthday, by the way, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She wants another dog. She wanted a girl dog. It was all, and I was looking for the right one, but we needed a dog that wouldn't be bullied once it got older by our bulldog. And he's a really nice, loving dog, but he's just so big. Uh, he's, he's like half husky. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask. Half he looks husky. Hu- half husky, half coon hound. Really? Half, I don't know. Oh, you're making that up. No, no. That part's <laughs> really because we had the DNA testing. Wow. You can do that with dogs now. That's cool. And it came with the dog. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So we go and we get the dog and you know what? Rightfully so. This little dog is just a mess. Wants to bite and attack everything that grabs it because it's been on the streets. He's a puppy, right? She is a puppy. She is a puppy. She is three and a half months old. Okay. She's biting Stanley's face. <laughs> and he takes it. And then finally he's like, I'm not taking this anymore. And just takes his paw and goes boom and nice. knocks her across the room. You know, just for like four days, it was just out of control. So we have a friend who's a trainer. We go, hey, he's spent some time with this dog. So right now, the dog is being trained. But even after a couple weeks, you know, it's still a puppy. <sighs> but it has went through this process. It has too. been, it has been. A lot. Yeah, so I know the same friend. and Because well, yeah, it's a friend dog, of ours, yes. <laughs> the dog ate a hole in yeah. one of their jackets. The dog did they tell, and, did they tell and, you and, that? And, and they yeah, were wearing the jacket. Yeah. The dog will just jump on. You know what the dog reminds me of? By the way, I'll, I'll tell your name in a second. But the dog, the, the dog we just adopted, who is going, we're going to straighten it down. She's going to have a great life. Yeah. But the dog reminds me of if you're running through a field and – like a chigger gets on you, mm-hmm. it just jumps, and all of a sudden it's there, and you can't get it off, and then they're everywhere. That's what the dog reminds you of, because all of a sudden it's just latched onto you, and so we're going to get there. It's very small. It's very angry, mm-hmm. and it should be angry because it's had a rough life. Caitlin named it Eller. Now, do you know why, Eddie? Yes. Oh, you already know. Yes, I already know. But would you have known? No, of okay. course not. Eller is the ant in the musical Oklahoma, which this song is from right here. There you go. And Caitlin loves she the musical. She loves the musical Oklahoma. She's from Oklahoma. She couldn't be prouder of it. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Our biggest segment from the show this week was none other than Morgan Wallen. I mean, he's basically all everybody can talk about right now. He was our Friday morning conversation because he dropped a double album. Not just a normal, you know, 12, 13 song record. No, he dropped a double album called Dangerous, and he came on the show to talk all about it, plus about that really controversial Walmart leak of his album, and he even performed some of his songs. But here it is. This is a really awesome interview. You might as well just have it on repeat along with his album all weekend long. Number one, the Friday morning conversation with Morgan Wallen. Morgan, how are you, bud? I'm doing good. How are you doing? You're extremely... Fresh-faced. Yeah, I had a mustache yesterday, but I woke up today and <laughs> decided to off with it. What happened? Because I was <clears throat> seeing that Walmart accidentally leaked your, your record. Like, what, what do you know that happened? Um, I guess a few Walmarts, I don't know, around the area. I mean, there was like, I think it was like Wisconsin, Missouri, some other places just put it out on the shelf too early. And then... Oh, so it was out physically. Which I think they may do that sometimes just to get it ready, but then it'll show up like unauthorized when you go to buy it. But they just started authorizing it anyway, I think, from what I can, from what I understand. So, but that's how you know you made it when it's not just an accident; it's a leak. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that. You know, I've, I've honestly thought about doing something like that on purpose before, but this was an accident. There are 30 songs total on the on the two records. Yeah, and the target has plus two. Yeah, so it'll be 32 th- overall. So, how many songs do you write to, to trim it to 32? Uh, I don't know, probably like 100, something like that. I would say. How long does it take you to write 100 songs? Uh, me, it probably took about two and a half years. Um, I mean, you know, some people, I think a lot, uh, some artists may write more than that, but 
for me, I, I, I don't write every day or, or write all the time, you know, just when it comes and it comes and goes for me. But I'd say probably two and a half years. I was looking at my phone before you came in. Amy, listen to this. Morgan texts me on Monday, December 28th at 7.50 a.m., which, by the way, it's during a, I thought my house was on fire. Someone had texted me at 7.45 in the morning on the 28th. I was like, oh, God, what? my phone's ringing. I'm like, what happened? And he goes, Hope you had a Merry Christmas, brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, hey, d- disclaimer, I was in the East I was on Eastern time zone, so it was 8.45 for me. What were you doing up so early during break? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? I wasn't even up that early. And I replied back, I was like, you too, man. See you soon. And I was like, what is Morgan doing up at 8 o'clock? Three I think days that after might Christmas? have been. Oh, I was he- I think I was headed to Charleston. What'd you, what'd you do for Christmas? I think I was listening to the radio and you came on or something. Okay, so it was like a best of show. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. What was Christmas like for you? It was good, man. It was white in, in East Tennessee. We had a white Christmas. That was cool. I think the last time we had that was about 10 years ago. Um, just spending it with my family, man. It was it was real cool. When you go back home, and wh- I know where you grew up and it's around Knoxville, but what's home? What do you call home when you go home? What town? Well, I, I, Knoxville and Sneville both. Um, you know, I, I spent a majority of my time in Knoxville growing up. I, I'd say probably around 10 years, but I spent five or six in Sneedville, and that's where I was born. That's where a lot of my family's from, so I just kind of consider them both my home. If you go to a restaurant or you go to Chili's or something, do you start seeing people go, oh, Morgan Wallen's at Chili's? I don't go there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You're just good? You just chill? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you you put out a double album. Let me ask you this before I play a couple clips. Why a double album? Why not do what's being done normally? Yeah, well, me and my manager, Seth, we kind of started the year off last year joking around about the idea of a double album just because we had already accumulated, you know, probably... I don't know, 20, 20, you know, the low 20s in, in the number of songs that we felt like were worthy of being recorded. And, you know, that's an, that's a weird number because you can take that and you can usually take it down to about 15 and just have a normal album, you know, or you can go up. And I didn't think I was going to have enough time to do it um, because we we're going to be touring a lot. And then, you know, obviously the way, you know, the way last year turned out, I, I ended up having a lot of time. And right when quarantine started, I wrote like five or six songs right, right immediately that we felt were worth recording. So we just decided to, to go up instead of trimming it down. And, you know, I feel like people really want music right now more than they have in a long time because they got more time to listen to it. So it just seemed like it made sense. Where does most of your inspiration come from for writing a song? Uh, well, a lot of times it comes from experience. Uh, a lot of times it comes from something that, you know, like an idea from a song can, can spur from a lot of things. So for me, it comes a lot from people talking in a conversation. You know, they'll say something like, oh, it'll click in my head. You know, that's a song idea, a song title. But most of the things that I write are pretty, you know, from experience or something that I've seen. What about More Than My Hometown? Where does that come from and how'd that come together? Yeah, well, me and Hardy wrote that together. Um, uh, we, we both come from, you know, similar places. He's from Mississippi. I'm from Tennessee, but they're similar areas. And, um, man, we just we're real proud of where we came from. And, you know, we always I think we always will be. And this song kind of also means, you know, just talking about sticking true to yourself, in a, you know, in a metaphorical way. Um, no matter who comes and goes, I'm going to, you know, I'll be here being myself. And we both just kind of felt like those two things really coincided well together. Morgan Wallen is here. He's got the. 30 songs out today. <laughs> Dangerous. The double album. It is out. Let's do a little more than my hometown. I know you got your, your boys here. Let's do it, yeah. You guys all good? Everybody yeah. good? Yeah. All right. Let's hear a little more than my hometown. You got a wild in your eyes that I just wasn't born with. I'm a same gas station cup of coffee in the morning. I need a house on the hill, girl, not in them. So hang on to these words to them avenues help you forget them. I love you more than a California sunset I love you more than a $20 sundress Hate that loaded down car you got your keys in Girl, but I hate even more that you're leaving Cause I love you more than a feeling when the bass is a look When the guy gets a girl at the end of the book But that ain't you and me, so I guess I'll see you around Cause I can't Guys, feel good to play music again? It sure does, yeah. Man, that is so good. Your high school, you went to high school 
the same school that Kenny Chesney went to, right? I did, yeah. Is there like a shrine to Kenny at your school? No, or surprised. Well, there wasn't then. But like, it's not like now, Kenny almost. Chesney High. Like, they're <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You think there'd be like a school board going, guys? We really should work. <laughs> but so you don't walk in. It's like home of Kenny Chesney and like that. No, uh, which I don't. At least not then. I haven't been back really since I graduated. So maybe they changed that now. But in your hometown, um, Sneedville, where they put up a Morgan Wallen sign, like Boyhood Home Morgan Wallen. Uh, I'd say so, probably. They they said that they were already wanting to do it, but they were afraid somebody'd steal it. Which somebody are like more than my hometown, for example, I took the cover art was, you know, a Sneedville sign and someone just stole it. So mm. I guess they they're I'd say it's probably a good <laughs> good suspicion. But what could happen though, eventually when you put it up, people will go go to Sneedville, take a picture with the sign and support the local economy. No, that's not, yeah, that's already happening. I went back home for um I didn't know this, but someone just told me this the other day that I was back home and seeing my, my papa and I guess Somebody found out that I was there, and people like were driving to Sneedville to try to find me and stuff. So well, that's a little different. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, but hopefully they stopped for a snack somewhere, and then yeah, that's true. Help the they went to the, they went to the gas station. Yeah. yeah, let me. I want to play something from the record as you as you uh, get some water there. This is track one. Morgan's got a new record called Dangerous. Uh, it's a double album. Here is Sand in My Boots. And then here's another one I really like called Whiskeyed My Way. This is that. It wasn't my buddies, it wasn't my mama, it wasn't no self help to. It wasn't no records, it wasn't old flames, dancing with somebody new. To keep it made me crazy, cold beer wouldn't do, so I whiskeyed my way over you. That's a good one, man. Thanks, man. What, which of these songs do you look forward to playing to a crowd that is going to scream it back at you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, that's a good question. Because uh, you really haven't been able to, and I mean this in the most loving, because you know I love you, right? Oh, I love you, too. <laughs> you haven't been able to pl- be a massive, the massive superstar you are now to c- a massive crowd yet. No, right. Like, you were starting to hit it. I told you, I saw you, and I wasn't convinced, and I saw you, and I was like, now nah, I'm convinced. Yeah. Like, but... Now you have so many songs that twenty thousand people will sing back to. Yeah, it's pretty, it's unreal to think about. Um, I don't know. I think "Sanding My Boots" is it's one of my personal favorites too, man. I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing that what that one's like. But yeah, it, it's a you know it's like a bittersweet thing. You know, it, like like a, like a lot of what's going on in the world for all of us, it's bittersweet. That's that's just part of it for me too. Do you ever see people outside your house now driving by? Uh. No, I don't. No, I don't look outside of my house. Too much. <laughs> I just want because Post Malone has a house right on a road. People drive by, I see it on Instagram all the time. Driving by Post Malone's house, and I'm like, he just people just found it on the internet, but people haven't. They haven't done that to you yet. No, I, which my I don't know how that. I guess they found it. I'm not sure how they found his, but mine is my house is like not my name or anything, so maybe it's a little harder to find. What if his wasn't under Post Malone? <laughs> you just Google where does Post Malone live, and it popped up there. <laughs> my favorite song is Somebody's Problem. Love it. It's such a good song, man. It barely made the record. Is that right? Well, not because we didn't think it was good enough. It's just I'd already I already had recorded about 31, and I think this is the last. It was the very last one that we recorded. Why did you record this one if it was right there on the fence? I just really liked it a lot, and I just, I don't know. It seemed unique compared to all the rest of them, so I just came in to, or I, I don't think I came in. I think I texted Seth and Joey and was like, here, you guys are really like this song. And Joey's like, damn. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it, it's my favorite right now from you. Thank you. You want to play a little bit of that? Yeah, let's you guys do, it. Do a little, okay, this is Morgan Wallen. Got a new record out today. It's a double album. Here is uh, Somebody's Problem. Oh, hey, baby, don't just keep me wishing. Oh, let me get to fixing somebody's problem. Somebody's goodbye. Somebody's last call number that they can't find. Somebody's best day. Somebody's worst night. Somebody's reason for leaving on the porch light. Thinking about them tan lines. And I'm thinking, damn, I'd love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes. See somebody's problem. And somebody's problems about to be mine. You're about to be mine. You're about to be mine. 
about to be mine. That's so good, guys. Yeah. All of you guys. Morgan, the whole band. Man, so good. I, you guys' background vocals on that, A+. Plus. <laughs> I know it's the Morgan show, but I, let me no. recognize you guys. Please that, do, man. That, uh, that part, I'm, I'm going to sing that tan lines line. You guys do it with me. Ready? <laughs> all, right, all right, here we go. Think about them tan lines. No, you got there it is. All right, all right, all right. Sounds good. Right, 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 okay. Nailed it. Because the lines, think about them tan lines, and I'm thinking, damn, I okay. okay. want to drown in the. Got it. Right here we go. Here we go. Uh, think about them tan lines, and I'm thinking, dang right. That sounds good, boys. Come on. Look at us. Hey, don't it. be replacing me. <laughs> oh no, don't worry about that. <laughs> they, they. What do you mean? Because I worry. can't do your job. <laughs> yeah, well, they nailed it. Yeah, that's great, yeah. guys. Dang. How'd you find? How'd you find all these guys? Uh, they moved here with me. Well, except for him, but we still love him. Um, so all you guys, <laughs> East Tennessee guys, for the most part. No, none of them. Oh, really? Yeah. They moved here for you. What do you mean? So I met uh, uh, the guy that used to be my guitar player. He, he, we were not. It was not like a bad breakup or anything. He just got married and wanted to stay on the on you know at home. But I met him and they used to be a couple. These two right here used to be in a band together, like an active rock band. And uh, we kind of just all became friends and started a band together. And I don't know. We just we we decided we're going to move to Nashville. And those guys used to, the band was called Godsmack, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan's here because he put out a double album today. It is it is all over the place, man. Every, it's so many songs. I know. And I see them, random ones pop up all over the place, like just all different playlists. And I mean, I, I and I guess that's the plan, like get as much good stuff out to people as possible, right? Yeah, man. We You know, we felt like each song had something unique to say, and there's a lot of different sounds. We had, I, I think, you know, three main sounds that we kind of tried to use, you know, spread out. But um, yeah, we, we just... Felt like we had a, a lot of good stuff. These love songs. There's a lot. There's there's some love songs. Yeah, that's too. mostly on side one. Yeah. So, like, what's happening there? I think just you know life life experiences. It's nothing really. Uh, it's nothing really like present. It's just most stuff that I I just drawn from things that I've been through in the past. I gotta wonder too. Like when you're going back and you go back to play SNL, and that's a big live. That's a live show. Yeah. I mean, the L is live. Do you get nerves still? Is being as good as you are? Do you still get nerves when it's like, here we go, click, click, click? Um, for some reason, I really didn't for that. I don't know why. They they were really accommodating towards us. You know, they made us feel super comfortable. So I think that really had a lot to do with it. You know, if everybody was real uptight, and like, get it, get here, get here, it might have been different. But it was pretty relaxed, and I felt pretty comfortable. The only thing that I was a little bit nervous is about um, after, like after I did the skit, I had. I don't know, less than three minutes to change clothes and then go sing. So that was what I, I was a little nervous about that, but it, it was it was smooth. Do you guys as the band go, well, if I screw up on this stage, this is <laughs> like, uh, what's your name? Dominic. Dominic, do yeah. you go, did you play SNL? Did oh, you go? Yeah. Okay. When you're, this is a big deal for you too, right? This oh, is not yeah. just, it is about Morgan, but this is you guys, like you're at the highest level. Are you going, Dominic, if you screw this up, <laughs> you're never, like, are you nervous? I didn't think I would be, and then as soon as we got on stage, there was a little bit of like, oh, this is this is for real. This is really happening. But I think it was so exciting to be there that it just kind of was like, I don't know, any like exciting football game or something. You're like, oh, I'm like more excited than I'm nervous. I don't know what I feel right now. Like, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> like, what happens, Morgan, if That's a good one, Dominic, for example, game. hits a bad note in a live show? Do you look at him? Do you acknowledge that you, you saw yeah. it? Or like what happens then? Yeah, well, it, it's a little, I think it's a little more serious if it's like on live TV. But if know? it's like at a show. at a, at a So far, that's yeah. not happened, I don't think. But yeah, at a show, I'll just laugh. You know, it's, I, I know he's extremely talented. It's we all mess. I, I screw up the words sometimes. You know, I I do wrong things too. Which leads me to my next question: Do you know the words to all thirty of these songs? <laughs> I like to think I do, because <laughs> I did record them. But uh, still, that's a lot to it remember. Is. Well, yeah, we're gonna do a, a a show like a live stream thing at the Ryman, and we're we're going we're rehearsing for that. And I, I was telling them last night, like I think I might have to start practicing before rehearsal. Amy, what do you like to ask Morgan? Have you watched Ted Lasso? No. <gasps> what? I'm not. Sometimes when Morgan is talking, do you hear Ted? No. <laughs> no, no, Ted Lasso is the greatest TV show of 2020. It's, yes. on, it's so, still now. Okay, so it's 2020. So when you hear Ted talking, you hear me then. <laughs> okay, I guess so. <laughs> He's right. such an inspiration. And two, you know, I think you're still young. I mean, you're 27, but you're still young and especially young in your career. But 
What would you say to other people coming up, whether they're trying to have a musical career or any profession they're seeking? Like, did you see yourself being successful or like, is that, did you believe in yourself wholeheartedly or did you have people along the way encouraging you or what would you tell people? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it helps to have both, but I definitely did. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I never really had doubts. And, I, and you know, even like my first single was, you know, not a failure, but definitely not a hit. And even then, I don't I don't know why I just never let bad thoughts come into my mind. And I think that really that mindset really affects your work ethic, too. You know, because if you're if you're expecting to fail, you're probably not going to give your complete effort. I don't think I've never really thought about it that much. But for some reason, I just never let anything negative get in my head. I think yeah. that's a huge part of your success i'm sure and it's very tad less ted lasso <laughs> we yeah, yeah i need to watch show. that it's the best show you have yeah. to i think i saw that you put that on you put that on something it's, like my, it's my number one favorite show and i tattooed it on my arm did so that's what i no, no i didn't <laughs> can you no i have a morgan wallen tattoo over that net arm <laughs> yeah. on the other arm who who is that who's in it uh, Jason, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Oh, he's he's hilarious. Now, Sudeikis is what you do as a puzzle name. <laughs> Sudeikis is... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Whatever, you know that guy. He's a football coach at Wichita State, and he, he gets recruited to go be the, a soccer coach, but he's never played soccer in his life. <laughs> in England. In England, yeah. Oh, so, so he's, I'll, like, faking his way through it? Well, you have to watch it to find out. Okay. If you watch it, let me know. It's good. Anybody else seen it here? You guys are probably too busy making great music. I get it. Oh, we get it. On, You're great musicians. We get it. All right, let's do uh, let's do one more song. Morgan's got the double album out today. It's called Dangerous, and I think we'll end with the the big one right now that I can hear thousands and thousands of people singing this song back to you. So much so that you can stop in the middle of it and they'll just take it. You know, don't do it here because we ain't gonna do that. But <laughs> I don't know. You did a pretty good job. Right? But but you'll be able to just play this song and stop, and the place is gonna be like seventh. Whatever. I'm not singing it right now. You guys, are you ready? Here we go, Morgan Wallen, Seven Summers, Bobby Bone Show. Southern comfort where we tumble just younger, who knows? Back then we used to love the river and on a sixer with me. Does it ever make you sad to know that was seven summers ago? What's up? He sounds just the same. It's like Live we push play. Radio. Yeah, yeah, which is like not everybody's like that. <laughs> Let's be honest. Most people aren't like that. <laughs> yeah, Listen. and it's awkward. Let me we say won't say no name. About your record. Um, let me say, the, the last track on the second record is the song Eric Church wrote. Yeah. Eric Church. I'm fans of all three of them. Eric Church, Luke Laird, and Josh Thompson. So mm -hmm. individually, love them all. Me how'd, too. The, how'd that song come to you? Um, I had, we were still on tour at that point, and... Um, I'd brought Luke and Rodney Clawson out one weekend to write some songs while we were out. And Luke's obviously a frequent collaborator with, with Eric, and he had just heard me say something in my show talking about Eric Church. So he was like, oh, man, you know, I, I love him too. You know, I write with him and all that stuff. And he's like, oh, let me, let, me play some, let me play some songs we wrote. And, and so we listened, and I heard that one, and I really liked it. And you know, I said, well, you, is he going to record that, you know? And he's like, I don't know. Let me ask him. And he, Eric was like, no. And I said, well, can I? <laughs> and they said, yeah. So That's I, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Quentin Time. Yeah, Quentin yeah. Time. On, it's the final track on the record. Right. The other thing that I like, too, is because I remember when Diplo put it out, and you sang it when it's Heartless, but it was on Diplo's record. Mm -hmm. But you have you have a more uh, called the Wallen mix mm -hmm. on the record. We, do we have that, Ray? Can we play some of that? So the difference in the mix is just a lot of standard instruments instead of yeah, and like real drums and stuff like that. Yeah, man, you got 
You got a lot, but you got a lot of great stuff, man. It's awesome. Thank you. Super excited for you. Everybody check it out. It's dangerous. You probably have no choice. It can be played everywhere. Everybody you get, you get here. You ever go anywhere and hear your music playing over the top? Yeah, well, the other day I went in Kroger and it was my song was playing. I was like, <laughs> I immediately just walked out. <laughs> All right, there he is, Morgan. I'm not Wallen. that hungry, guys. Good to see you guys. You guys killed it. You're great. All Thank dressed you. in black too. Yeah, you got exactly. the memo I sent out. I was like, don't come in here with any color. All right, there he is, Morgan Wallen. Check out the record. Oh, before you go, Amy is hosting Morgan Wallen's album release party on Thursday the 14th, 7 p.m. local time, wherever you are. It'll be on iHeartRadio's YouTube page. All right, thanks, man. Thank y'all. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. That's a wrap for this week's show. It was our first one of 2021. And I appreciate y'all just taking the time to hang out with me, listen. I know some people may think this gets repetitive, but I bring on our show members to give you guys some behind the scenes because there's not a lot of behind the scenes that y'all get. So this is the one time you get to hear from people outside of the show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby Bones Show. You know, you can also relive all of the moments from this week outside of these seven that I think are really awesome at BobbyBones.com. We put up all kinds of videos. Also, if you want to follow me at WebGirlMorgan, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Hit me up about what you want to hear or just, you know, talk to me about your dog. Send me dog pictures. I like that, too. Bye. Come on. Bobby Bones, yeah.